Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mutant City Horror. Wow, you sound so official. Wow, you know. It's like we... Official. That's what I'm going for, man. Yeah. Official. Trying almost, to be professional. Yeah, I was going to say, it almost sounds like we planned this stuff and, like, wrote it out and, like, put some time into production and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're just getting better and better at this, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, we don't just walk into this at all and just kind of figure it out on the fly. Mm-mm. Yeah, walk in with, with flopping dicks and shit, just flailing <laughs> around. Production meeting after production meeting. That is us. Fuck yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, man? It's good to be back again. Uh, God, I can't wait to start talking about this, man. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you dig it? N- no, well, we'll we'll get into more of that. I thought you might just kind of given the structure, but all right, whatever. It, no, 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 no. It's 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 a little bit back and forth, but we'll get into that in the conversation. Right, um, right. because I'm I'm actually kind of tossed. All right, but it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not not gonna say it was bad at all. Sounds like it wasn't uh, good either. <laughs> Well, trust me when I say it's not the worst thing we've seen on this show. Right? Uh, that is true. Yes, very much. <laughs> so I will give it that. No, I, you know. All right. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, how, how have you been, man? How's, how's everything been? Good. Just busy, dude. Uh, work is busy. Uh, life is busy. Podcast stuff. Um, right, here, right. Here and there. Well, but the Instagram stuff is kind of coming along. I try to keep those two things tied to each other. Um, we, so dirty Joe, dirty freaking Joe, um, put out that sci-fi Sam, put out that sci-fi Sam video and he's been shopping it around to different festivals and, um, like different, um, music movie, no, yeah. Music video, like award, the platforms and he's been getting some really good traction with it. Um, Super cool to see what he's been doing, but he and I have been talking a lot lately. Uh, I, I don't know. We we talk pretty consistently, and one of the movies that he first did was a movie called The Demons Within. And if um if you listen to the show and you remember the interview, he um bought his role right through like a Indiegogo or Kickstarter, one of those things, and he was supposed to shoot his scenes here in California. And, you know, in the last minute, they were like, uh, we got to um, pull the production to Ohio. So if you <laughs> yeah, still want to be in the it, United like, States. <laughs> you come over to Ohio. And he was like, well, I've already paid for my spot and I really wanted to be in a movie. So he went out to Ohio and he shot his scenes. And um, I remember seeing um, some clips of it, but um, they did the West Coast premiere here in uh, San Pedro last week. So. Uh, he invited me out to that. I was his plus one. I was like, oh, so went down, provided some media coverage uh, for the event, got to meet the writer, the cinematographer, um, the special effects artist was there. There's a bunch of people there. Um, and Raymond's probably going to kill me for this, but there is a dude. There's two dudes in the movie, but one of them was actually there. There are two dudes in the movie that were both in Monster Squad. And one of them was there and I tried to find out who he was and where he was. But I guess I think he just boned out after the, the viewing or nobody pointed me in the right direction. But um, 
I thought it would have been cool to talk to somebody that was on the Monster Squad, but uh, yeah, maybe next time. But went down to the viewing for that, and that was pretty cool. You know, got some autographs, got a poster, got some good stuff for the Instagram. So um, that seems to be picking up traction because just this week, I would say maybe a couple days ago, Alan Danzinger hit me up, the Jerry from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he's got a new movie coming out called The Weed Hacker Massacre, and he's doing it with Ray Spivy, who is the director of Storage Locker, who we talked to a while back. So Alan wants to record an episode, wants to do an interview, um, because the trailer for the movie is coming out on Halloween, and then the Kickstarter is going to go live, I think, shortly thereafter. So I would imagine... This Halloween? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, the trailer for the movie comes out on Tuesday. Um, they've been kind of posting all their behind the scenes stuff on shooting that thing. And then, so we're going to, um, um, I think I'll, I'll double check. I didn't hit you up about it yet because I wanted to make, I wanted to like confirm. Uh, but I think we're going to meet Wednesday night at 6 PM. So once I confirm that, I'll let you know. So, um, we, you know, if you want to be there, we can, we can do that together, but Most definitely. It, it'll be cool because, when we talked to Ray last time about Storage Locker, he brought Alan in for like a guest spot, you know, like, hey, come come say hi or whatever, you know. So that was cool. But this is going to be like a full sit down interview with both of them. So we'll have dedicated time with with Alan Danzinger, which I think is going to be fucking awesome. Plus, um, we get to I'm hoping we can use that time to talk to him about our idea for February when he's in town for the 50th uh, anniversary for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Meeting okay. him in person and doing like an actual in-person interview with him, you know? Yeah, yeah. But like more to Texas, like, you know, make it Texas Chainsaw Massacre instead of, you know, uh, Storage Locker or Weed hack- Hacker. I'm sure both those things will have to be in there because that's kind of what, you know, these are the things that are bringing him out of retirement and back onto the screen. So I'm sure there's going to be a level of that, but I'd love to sit down and talk with him and any other person he w- would be willing to bring in from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to talk with us. That'd be fucking dope. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah, good movement. I like your cup tip. What is it? What, what you got there? Oh my god, it's ladies and gentlemen, it's a shining cup. It's the shining. <laughs> it's the shining. <laughs> you don't want to get sued. Uh, it's got the, the kid on the uh, the little the little big wheel and the, the so, carpet. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. So it's got like uh, that. him on one side and then the twins on the other side. Oh, the twins. Yeah. Nice. Peter got it for me. Shout out to Peter. Shout out. Nah, he doesn't listen. Fuck him. <laughs> really? Dude, no. He doesn't listen? <laughs> Ever? Shocker, Damn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. um, uh, that's cool. So, yeah. Way so, to support the channel, Peter. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> so, uh, good good stuff coming with Alan Danziger and Ray Spivy. That's going to be awesome. Right. That'll be this week. Um, I think I told you, but I got introduced to uh, the special effects artist for twisted metal right so um i need to reach out to her to get something scheduled because uh she was wanting to come on the show too so we'll get that going um it amazes me that these people like i I mean i i know it's um i know it's for uh uh not recognition what's the word i'm looking for exposure exposure right but i it, it amazes me like uh you know the the people that we tend to get involved with our our channel i mean i mean there's 
I, I mean, I'm I'm glad. I'm I'm actually very glad that they you know choose to work with us and stuff like that. They're, they're not you know too cocky, too big headed to you know not you know share their yeah their you know it's funny. with us. You know? Well, yeah. So like if we you know talk about Ray and Allen, like that you know they got a product they want to promote. You know they got movies that coming out they want to promote. They they're gonna you know they they're gonna need to gain some traction on their Kickstarter, right? And so, um, I've been thinking about this for a long time because everybody's got a kickstarter seed and spark or whatever that's called the indiegogo and um i know there are people who are getting involved in projects in that way right that's a really good way to get involved Uh, just look at dirty joe we were at the days of the dead festival in la for cannibal comedian and then there's the the table for uh haunted house of pancakes and then i think in just meeting them there and talking with them, he ended up getting involved with them through their Indiegogo and now is like executive producer on that movie. And I think he's going to have a role in that thing. So like, that's a very clever way of like getting in and, and creating exposure for yourself. Um, and he's making a name for himself and, you know, he's getting a lot of recognition and, you know, things are, are moving for him, but not everybody has the ability to shell out, you know, the cash for all of those things all of the time. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I think, I think the point that I was trying to make is that, um, for me, especially, um, I think where I can provide value or we can provide value is to promote the the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then trying to get involved and what level of involvement do I want? Because I'm a full-time husband and parent and manager and podcaster. And, you know, then I try to layer on, um, you know, movie stuff. It just becomes unmanageable. So the least I feel like the least I can do is just promote the shit out of it. So whether somebody has something to, to promote or not, you know, if they want to come on and talk, totally down. I don't think in this case um, she has much to like promote or you know like trying to get exposure because she's already the special effects director for a, a you know a, a a show on peacock and like i, I think she would just want to come on and like just chat you know uh, chris from toxic doom is the one who made the introduction and she was like yeah i'd be willing to talk with you guys like that's cool whatever you know so um i told her i just wanted to watch the show before we did anything so yeah fuck yeah but yeah yeah and then so that oh, there's shoot. that um what else there's that Sam Curtin director who I need to get in touch with and then I'm also trying to uh, make that other interview with the happen too I got to hit her up in a couple weeks so hopefully we got some cool interviews coming down the down the road um okay before we jump in I just want to say uh, I want to play a game mm. the game is What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Any, any guesses? I mean, it could be a r- wide range of things. Um, is it something that we've talked about before? No. It, I'll give you a hint. <clears throat> it's a gift for the show. Hmm. So, unexpected. Well, it ain't a dippy bird. No, but you're in the right wheelhouse okay all right so it's probably something that we've uh tackled in the past 
um, which is kind of how we end up ended up with uh, Mr. Dippy Bird. Uh, um, it. uh, it's just keep going. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, but I, I really don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay, uh, it's from the same person who gave us the Dippy Bird, so Mutant City Horror number one fan, Daryl. Um, Thank you, Daryl. So I, he texted me one day, um, a picture of him watching. Wait, wait, wait. Is it a giant safety pin? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Sorry. But no. All right. Uh, he, he texted me a picture one day of him uh, watching Friday the 13th. And then he sent me, um, it was like a pin of Jason um, in front of the, like, he did it like this. We're like, he had, he had the pin in one hand and then like he took the picture of it like this. But then in the background, um, they were watching Friday the 13th. Okay. And then I guess uh him and uh him and his girlfriend were talking about like how cool would it be for his mom? Oh, here's the pin. I think it's one of these yeah. ones that go like on the um Crocs. I was going to say one of those Croc things. Yeah, I don't have Crocs though. So I don't know. Ah, uh, you can always find a different spot for it. Well, his mom uh crochets really well. And uh, I have one of her um, Grogu's. I don't know if you know. Do, do you watch Mandalorian? Baby Yoda? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's Baby Yoda. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not really caught up on Mandalorian, but okay. yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, so she crocheted a, a Baby Yoda, man, uh, Grogu. So I have I have that. And then um, I guess um, they were, him, him and Elena were like, I wonder if like, you know, my mom can crochet a, a Jason Voorhees. So he sent her the idea, or uh, Elena did. Somebody did. Either way, they reached out, and she was like, yeah, to totally. So she crocheted a Jason, right? Look at that. Now, hold on. So with a knife, with the machete, with blood on it, right? And then the mask comes off. And it's got his like deformed face. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I thought that was fucking awesome, man. And yeah, that is really cool. He passed it over as a gift for the show. Oh so fuck yeah! Go Thank you, Daryl. Oh yeah. And and think, uh, you said it was uh, Lena's mom. No, it's Daryl's mom. Daryl's mom. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Daryl's mom. Yeah, I got a thank you card, Mrs. Daryl. <laughs> yeah, Mama Daryl. Mama Daryl. <laughs> Thank you, Mama Daryl. That's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Thank you. Love it. Yeah, me too. All right. What are we doing here today, Matt? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. Uh, today, the driving force was uh, gifted to us by my good man, PG, over here. So I would actually like you to take over this one for today. Mm. I, I'll jump in where, where it's, you know... We 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 should, but <laughs> why 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 don't you? Uh... Is this your way of telling me you didn't watch the movie? No, no, I did, I did, absolutely, <laughs> I did. It w it was definitely a last minute thing. I actually started it last night before I went to bed, and I finished the last um, I don't know twenty thirty minutes uh, this morning before the before we uh, mm -hmm. started here. So, um, so yeah, it's all finished. Uh, yeah, why don't you drive us in this time? All right. Um, well, 
Today, the monsters are running amok, and we head towards that marquee. Nope, let's start over. Tonight. So gloved. Tonight, the monsters are running amok, and we run towards that theater where the marquee reads, Censor. A 2000, uh, what movie? 21. A 2021. Fuck. Hold on. <laughs> you got it, man. No, you no, 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 no. I get a, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it right. Okay. All right. Third time's a charm. Was it, <laughs> was it keep going? Tonight. All right, go on. The monsters, the monsters are running amok. And we head towards that theater where the marquee reads, Censor. This depiction is dangerous. Come on, ain't it? I'm cutting it. Butchery, sadism, murder. A wave of depraved and corrupt horror video. Confusing fiction with reality. Doug Smart, producer, high-dent investment films. Maybe you could watch my latest Frederick North submission. Wanted a woman's eye on this film. There's this actress. I've got this feeling that's Nina. My sister. You know, if someone did take her, then they're still out there. You've never been clear on exactly what you remember. You'd be surprised what the human brain can edit out when it can't handle the truth. Someone's losing the plot. I was wondering if you had anything else than this actress. What's going to happen to her? That's top secret. People think that I create horror. Horror is already out there. And all of us. Two thousand one Prano Bailey Bond film. So, I gotta admit, I watched this movie a couple weeks ago. Just kind of, uh, I think it was somebody, one of Tony's friends on Instagram, tagged me on this post where this guy was like, five horror movies that you've never heard of," and I was like, "There's a lot of horror movies I never heard of, but give me these five. And so I think I'd like one of them was like the, um, there was one that I, I, I think like I knew like three of them. And one of them that I didn't know was this movie called Censor. And so I was like, oh, that kind of looks interesting just from like the quick clip that I saw. So I looked it up. So I was on Hulu. I was like, well, it's early morning. Everyone's asleep. Like, I'll just watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, God damn, I fucking enjoyed the shit out of that thing. Can I provide the uh, the, the uh, synopsis? Yeah, go for it. Okay, here's the synopsis. It's about a person who censors things. Yes. <laughs> a, a, a I'll explain movie, later. A, okay. Yeah. But anyway, nonetheless, like, as we go I, I liked, I don't know. I watched it and I thought I liked it. And um, it, I don't know. It was just, it was good. I, I think what I liked most about it was the cinematography, but that's not to say that 
the story isn't good or the action isn't good, you know what I mean? Or the writing isn't, or the acting isn't good. I think just the way that it looks and the way that it was shot, some of the um, camera movements, uh, things like that, like I think just kind of helped. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, th I thought it was fucking awesome. I've been telling people about it, but you seem to have a different take on it. So, yeah, and and remember, I'm just my own person yeah, as far as sure. this goes. Um, and the quality of it was great. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say to me. I mean, dialogue wasn't that great, but who cares? It's just a B-rated film, anyways. I I'm I'm not really coming down too hard about it. The acting doesn't even need to be that great, but it was good. Um, uh, I think I think I did lose track of what I, where wow. I was going with that. Well, uh, okay, okay. Look, here, here's one saying, of the things. I'm not saying it's the best thing ever, right? I'm not saying no, like, no, no, oh no, God, no. Not not by far. Awards, but like, I don't know. A special. I'm not talking it down. I, I'll tell you this right now. The last ten minutes were great. <laughs> All right, all right, I get you. Well, um, but uh, the thing is, is uh, this is kind of one of those struggles to me. Um, I, I think it's been uh, talked about before in this show. We, we we've talked about um, uh, and and my uncle is actually uh big on this. He fucking he he hates uh mislabels. Okay, um, so for example, um, Jordan Peele's movie Nope, right? He uh he he was like uh yeah here's what I got to say about that movie nope <laughs> okay <laughs> and I, and I was like all right and we we get to talking about it and stuff like that um and uh you know he he's 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 right in a lot of ways there's there's somewhat of a dysfunction in labeling movies sometimes and this one is labeled as a horror film but like at the same time it feels like a psychological thriller. Now, thrillers do fall in the same same category sometimes as horror, but like, it's just uh, I don't think it should have been labeled that at all. I think it was more just psychological stuff, you know. Like, uh, I mean, it, the reason okay, the reason why I have a subject opinion about this is because I went into it thinking this is going to be a full blown horror film, but then I realized it's fucking with my psyche and stuff like that. It's a uh, it's psychological and stuff. I mean, let's admit there was like pretty much no kills until like 50 minutes in. Is that okay. So is that the differentiator between this and something like uh, the last thing we saw, which is uh, the signal because the, well, that's a horror movie to me because it has more killing. No, it had nothing to do with the killing. Um, uh, the, to me, horror is it's atmospheric, right? So this this movie did have intention of building the the horror atmosphere, right? I mean, it had the tones, it had the good, like you said, camera angles, uh, kind of like the foreboding nature. But I didn't feel unsafe, and I feel like a, a good horror film makes you feel unsafe. Like it's taking you out of your safety safety zone, which it, it, it's kind of weird to say that because that's what this movie technically is, that's right? I mean, it's... to me, because um, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, like go on. When we started talking about our plans for October, 
you were, you know, like, hey, I want to do these certain movies because they are reminiscent of like real world possibilities. Right, right. Okay. So like understandable that, you know, with something like The Signal where, you know, it's a catastrophic and it involves other people and you know it's um people killing other people things like that like you can you know you can totally see stuff like that happening right it makes you feel unsafe you can't trust the people you're around you you know you kind of have to fend for yourself i get it that in that movie you feel unsafe but like in this one this is also very real world possibility of a woman who can be pushed to the brink of too much and have a mental breakdown and maybe you yourself don't feel like you're getting that I don't you know I don't feel uh unsafe at the moment because it's just happening to this individual person but that's still very much a real world possibility which is what you were kind of talking about in the beginning of the month so like just because the um the environment or the group or number of people changes i don't think that the situation changes in that this is still very much a horrific position to to be in i i I agree with that 100 percent. yes it is if i were to put myself in her shoes yes i do have a question about this though like i mean (laughs) which I get it. Without this, you wouldn't have a movie. But if you cannot hack censor- censorship, then why the fuck are you in it? Right? If, if you have pre existing problems with seeing life in any normal uh, light because of some, some traumatic past issues, why the fuck are you viewing video nasties and toning them down for the general public and shit okay. like it, it seems like the wrong kind of career to get yourself into right <laughs> you're already fucking pre-traumatized and shit do you really want to see a bunch more shit that's going to traumatize you and fuck you up yeah i got gotcha. you and, and you know well let's provide that, some context here let me let me read the official synopsis um or at sure. least one of those and then we can we can give all the weirdos at home some some context here. So, Censor, uh, as I mentioned, is 2001 movie um, by a fresh director named Prano Bailey Bond. Um, she is only credited for having a couple shorts under her belt before this. This is, I think, her first full feature. Um, this is it directed by a female, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And, I could totally see it now. <laughs> well, no, um, I'm, not, I'm not talking shit. But yeah, I, I, I but can tell the, the woman's difference. perspective. There's, yeah. 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 I, I can tell the difference. Um, so right. the story uh, revolves around this woman, Enid. Enid is a video sensor, kind of uh, what we would you know know as like the MPAAs, people who like are responsible for putting ratings on movies. But she is a video sensor in England in the mid 80s. So right at the height of uh, what we know as video nasties. Right. So um, all the like that. Great subject, by the way. A hundred percent. Um, the B horror kind of independent films, like if you know, we think about all these uh, movies that we tend to watch and you know, um, are out there from the mid 80s here that we know of in real life, that's kind of what her role is is uh, to watch those types of movies and determine are they safe for viewing, and if so, what rating are we putting on that? 
So um, the synopsis goes, after viewing a strangely familiar video, Nasty, Enid, a film censor, sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. So said another way, um, she is a video censor who watches all this stuff and then watched this video that reminded her about um, her sister's disappearance. And that kind of got her, you know, trying to figure that shit out. And then it ends, you know, she ends up like getting um, kind of sucked into this world of video nasties, if you will, kind of um, in her own sense, which I thought was pretty cool the way that they kind of wove that in or whatever. Um, well, yeah, it created a good subplot uh, material for for the film. Um, I'm gonna go as far as to say this: I just I I don't feel like that uh, that the story about that was even disclosed enough, either. Though, like, I mean, you know, very little about what happened other than her sister disappeared. I mean were were meant to believe that there was some way someone there involved that she went into a building or whatever and i know we're going to get into this so i don't want to get go too far into that but i think the problem i had with that was that we knew very little to nothing about that incident yeah i i think i think the reason that i liked it so much is that i had just seen run rabbit run on netflix which almost deals with the same kind of scenario where the mom in that other movie, Run Rabbit Run, um, the movie kind of revolves around her dealing with her sister's disappearance and uh, only to find out that she's the one who killed her sister. You know what I mean? Um, and the way that they they laid that out in that movie, if you haven't seen that, Matt, go fucking watch that movie, dude. It's so good. I love well. it. Uh, that one's a little bit more, uh, quote unquote, horrific than this one, uh, but still kind of a psychological. So they're very similar. They're very similar, which and I enjoyed that other one. So I think when I saw this one, it was just like more of. But um, you're right in in Run Rabbit Run. Um, we get more backstory on what happened to the sister in this one. We don't get a lot, but I thought we got enough to like make it make sense there was enough there was absolutely enough and i'm i'm actually i'm not i'm not against the uh the idea of unknown so i'm definitely you know i'm not really hitting it too hard about that because you know a lot of unknowns can make things scarier so i definitely agree with that you know like it it doesn't really have to say too much about it but we all but yeah we're we're given the impression that it's something that torments her and uh, Enid. By the way, I like her name. Yeah, right. Uh, she's a good character. I, I definitely do like that about the movie. This movie didn't didn't shy away from character for sure. Okay, uh, let's lean into it a little bit. So, the movie opens uh, with some scenes of a woman running through a forest, as um, and you can tell it's like shot on video, right? You're like, okay. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the signal where that movie starts with like a shot on video movie. And I was like, I'm not going to, I don't know if I could stomach this the whole time. Um, but then we pan out from this, um, movie that's being, um, what we now know is being watched and it's Enid 
and her counterpart and they're kind of just kind of going through it making their own notes you know figuring out um you know what needs to stay what needs to go and they're having a conversation about well if we keep the eye gouging in then you know how much of it do we show and like it's really kind of filling in like the job of a sensor and the stuff that they're kind of exposed to uh, you know as part of their nine to five on a day-to-day -day basis not still going over it well if we're passing it there's an 18 in these more cuts a decapitation and how many people in those in those offices were smoking cigarettes? You know, all of them. That? Oh, all of them. Yeah. 100%. Except for our main character. Yeah, they're just sitting there puffing away. Yeah. Like, reminds, oh man, the good old dude. Yeah, it reminds me of that scene from The Exorcist. Um, I think it's like uh, a part of the uncut version or whatever, where the doctor in the hospital and shit, like the doctor. Yeah. And he like looks there. Your daughter's the fucked up. Like, you want a cigarette? Like in the hospital? Right. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, there was this was definitely back in those days. So, um, you know, there are they're kind of talking about, you know, the level of um the Enid's like uh I forget the dude's name, uh, her counterpart, but you know, they're just kind of talking about what should say, what should go, um, you know, the the level of like violence that's in these things and they're like, all right, fuck it, let's put in the new one. And this is kind of where like the intro of the movie starts. And I only bring it up because I don't usually talk about movie intros. But this one was awesome because uh, the way that they the transition here. Right. So, again, this is kind of part of the reason why I like this movie. The transition from like, let's go from, you know, the cold open to, you know, the intro is them putting in a new videotape uh, to watch a new movie. And then it's like this super cut of all these different video nasty scenes and like, you know, some guy getting, a, you know, a drill uh in his head and like some girl getting like her like jaw ripped off and um it's just this like cool um you know continuous cutscene of like b-rated like horror like gory stuff which i was like yeah old-timey like gore and stuff yeah you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah i did like those yeah i did like those okay so um i mean there's really not a lot kind of in the beginning other than like you know some really good character development we're meeting her co-workers we're um you know introduced to this meeting where they're all talking about you know which videos you know need to get what ratings and why and things like that and they're kind of taking a vote on you know should it stay or should it go um and i'd then, be terrible in that room i'd be like oh yeah it should all stay all there's not <laughs> enough x ratings come on we 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 gotta we gotta bring X ratings up to the commercial level, man. Everybody should see this movie for the director. They're like, get the uh, fuck out of here! You're fired. Not enough blood. <laughs> not enough boobs. <laughs> Maybe a little too much peni, but uh, it, it, you know, I would be. You know, what? I'd be the guy that they they throw they they put into like the basement and shit like that. They're like, let's just not have this guy as part of it. Just make him <laughs> yeah, give him a paycheck, make him think he's part of this. <laughs> he's just gonna <laughs> fuck it all up for everyone. Okay, so after the meeting, everybody leaves, and Enid, uh, we see kind of her, um, her on her way home. She's on the subway. She's walking through some of the tunnels. And there's this scene where she's walking behind this woman with red hair. And, but, like, she has this look on her face like, do I know this person? Like, you, you get the vibe that, like, she's interested in this person for some reason. So she walks up behind her 
and she taps her on the shoulder and she's like, hey, and this woman turns around and we get the impression that Enid immediately recognizes that she doesn't know this woman. So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were somebody else. Excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. I'm uh, sorry, I thought you were someone else. So, spoiler alert, this is kind of the first time we get the impression that, like, there is a person in her life that she might be longing for or looking for or something, right? This is laying the foundation for, like, the whole sister plot. See, that I, I was also thinking when, when that happened, I was like, is there something I missed? Uh, there <laughs> was go. there a cut scene here <laughs> that, that they forgot about? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck does she think this is? I, I didn't I didn't put it together as uh you know something that came from her past. I just thought like uh, does she think it's somebody from her office? Or, yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, they, I mean that that's the whole point, right? Is to introduce yeah. that uh, that uh, idea that like okay, there is something more to Enid than just her job, right? Right, and then and then that's when they 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 went from there to. What the the dinner right with uh, yeah her so parents. so so she gets so, home so that disclosed why you know I I was like oh okay this makes sense now sorry yeah so so she gets home and we get a glimpse of her inside you know her home life where it's it's just her there's no partner there's no kids it's just you know single woman in her apartment or her flat and she kind of brings work home with her you know and she's watching the news and she's doing the crossword puzzle and pen so we're, we're deducing that you know she is intelligent um then she's uh getting a phone call and the answer machine kicks in oh, fucking answering machines man gotta you gotta love those things what are those <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we actually talked about that there was a different movie that we we covered and I asked, they explain what I, I, I almost said what a time machine is <laughs> you're gonna need a time machine to know what an answering right, machine right, right. Is. i asked one of my employees the other day i was like have you ever seen i was like no i think the way i said it was do you remember that episode of i love lucy and she's like what's that it's like oh <laughs> way to age me Anyways, uh, so yeah, Enid gets, uh, she's getting a phone call. The answering machine, answering machine kicks in. Um, so is this Jack Daniels. The answer machine hey, kicks wait. in. You're drinking Jack? Yeah. Go figure. Salute. I got the honey Jack. I got the apple Jack. Apple Jack. <laughs> Just don't mix it with milk. Ugh. Can you imagine? Good God. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Bad words. Answering machine. It's mom. Hmm. And mom is like, hey, you know, uh, your dad and I want to meet you for dinner. Come come out. And she, you know, she's got this like, uh, fuck on her face, like look on her face. Like she doesn't want to go meet them, but she does. And so that's the dinner that you're talking about. And at the hmm. dinner, the very first thing that the parents are doing, like we, it's just like a cutscene to her reading a death certificate. And it's a death certificate of her sister. And this is where we find out that she has a sister. She has this missing person in her life. That person that she thought she saw in the subway. They're ready to let go. So they're they're considering her just a dead person. Yeah, because right. up until now, she's just been missing. Um, and we don't yeah, know how long Yeah, because our impression been. is 
I guess, well, I was going to say our impression is when it's something when she was younger and stuff like that. So they, yeah. they've been putting this off for so long. They probably just want to put it to bed, you know? Right. hundred percent. So, and that's what the parents say. Like, look, it's been so long. We've never found her. Um, so this is just our way of like moving on. And Enid is, Enid is like, I picture that stormtrooper on Star Wars. Move along, <laughs> move along. <laughs> That's a, go on. I just, yeah, I need that person in my life, right? Just stay next to me the whole time, and then mm. you tell me when it's ready to move along. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, "Look, I'm not, I'm not ready to, and you know, to say that might to give in, throw in the towel, and you know, concede to you know the idea that my sister." is dead because she can still very much be alive. She's just missing. And her parents are like, well, you've never really been quite clear on how this whole thing went down. So this is where we get the impression that like maybe Enid had something to do with her disappearance. Kind of. It was her all along. (laughs) No. Dun dun dun! Oh, I just cracked this one right wide open. No, I'm just kidding. So they argue about it or whatever, and then the parents just try to have like a normal dinner there, but she's not having it. And you know, she goes back home. And she starts reminiscing about her sister, and she's pulling pictures and looking at old photos. And so, you know, really solidifying for us the fact that you know this happened when they were young, and that it left a lasting impression on her, and she feels a certain kind of way about it, and. Um, so, okay, cool. We're kind of developed in that sense. We cut forward to Enid going back to work and it's her and her other counterpart, this other woman, and they start watching this movie. Now here, here's where I'll kind of tie back to what you were saying earlier. So the two of these ladies are in this room watching this movie and it's this scene of this really big buff bald dude raping this woman over a desk and the counterpart the the older woman like she adjusts herself in her seat she's like you know she's got that look on her face like oh god another oh yeah she looks like uh she looks like your best friend's mom and shit like that like it's like that's oh my man. mom what are you talking about well, well no <laughs> i mean like, like you know in general <laughs> she doesn't like, look like uh, your mom it, i was gonna say it doesn't it doesn't look like your mom but i'm just saying mom, like it, it's you. reminiscent of like you know your your buddy's mom and stuff like that like an innocent older woman and shit yeah, that should yeah, not yeah, be yeah. she's in the wrong place let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> but, but yeah okay, so simulated your... rape scene and stuff and you know yeah they, they kind of they only show a tidbit and they they, they kind of like, you know, off camera type shit and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So you see the uh, the woman becoming uncomfortable. Um, I wouldn't say uncomfortable. I would just I, it was more of like uh, mortified. Like the one of these, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, ah, shit. Yeah. Her name was Anne. what's wrong with people nowadays. Yeah. And Enid just like settles in like. She's got this look on her face like, okay, this is just a job. Like, it doesn't affect me. She's, like, adjusting her glasses. She's, like, okay, ready to take notes. And I think there's even a conversation with her and the uh, and Anne in the break room. And Anne's, like, how can you, like, how can you watch that? How can you be okay with that? And she's, like, uh, Enid is the... Uh, Male inadequacy, revenge catharsis. 
Didn't I get to you? Some of those scenes were so excessive. Just focus on getting it right. Don't really think about anything else. Plus, I haven't got a hangover. Enid, Fraser wants to see us, says it's urgent. So that scene really solidifies Enid's position of like being able to separate work and reality, I think. To your point earlier, which was, if you are a movie censor and you're going to be watching these things, like you have to have the stomach for it. You can't be someone who's like turned off by it. And I, I think it did a really good job at establishing, at least to this point, that Enid is that person. She is the person who can just separate the the mentalness, for, uh, the, the mental part of like, this is all just make-believe versus what my reality is. Which is right. cool because to me, in my opinion, then the opposite happens and we get a mixture of those two things. True. True. I see that. Yeah. So they're in the break room chilling. And then um, one of the guys comes over and is like, hey, the boss wants to talk to you. So she gets pulled into the office with, um, I think that guy's name is Sanderson. Um, that's the guy that was um, in, with her in the first, in the opening. And it turns out that a movie they passed a while back where a dude cut his wife's head off and then like killed the family or whatever um, is being questioned because in reality, some guy just killed his two kids and then cut his wife's head oh, off. Oh, not only that, but yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, decapitation, but he also ate her face. Ah, yes. That's what and then so so in, in real life, uh, some guy did the pretty much the same thing, killed his wife and then ate her face. And they're chopping it up to the viewing of this movie. And kind of like a, a very familiar incident that we all are aware of. We've seen it happen thousands of times where something real happens and uh, it's movies and video games are to blame for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this this was specifically targeted towards that movie. And uh, the guy claims he doesn't remember it either. So he is, they're calling him the amnesiac. Amnesia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer? Something like that. But uh, not only that, but uh, we, we also find out that uh, they know who was involved. Which, if, if you're not familiar with the way the MPAA... Uh, uh, works and uh, I do recommend there's actually a documentary I forgot uh, this film is not yet rated um, that movie kind of goes into the the animosity anonymous what's the anonymity. word anonymity of being uh, a part of the MPAA and stuff like you really it's like a secret society you don't really know who's involved you just know the general population is like uh you know people who themselves are parents or you know like the people who who kind of uh serve as a medium um uh between uh society's standards and what entertainment a lot should allow um so you're gonna have naysayers and you're gonna have people that are for it so it's it's kind of like what this movie's in, uh showing us 
but you never know. Nobody knows who was involved with uh, the the um the rating of that movie. Right. It's very secret. It's top secret. We're talking like CIA type shit. Probably can't even tell you. But for some reason, um, the backlash is is faulting on the two people that were involved in uh, rating this movie, and who, uh, who the journalist who uh, phoned in knows who it is, and it's all over the place. Like yeah, everybody knows that who it was, was involved. Enid and Sanderson, right? Yeah. So that's that's what makes that really interesting, is because it's just like they they. Sh- no one should ever know that information, but somehow they do. Yeah, hundred percent. So now they're kind of on high alert, right? So they're, you know, their jobs are kind of like the the boss is like, "How could you let this happen?" and blah blah blah. And Sanderson's like, "Dude, it's no different from any other fucking movie that we've passed. You know, we made our recommendations, you know, and blah blah blah, and like we just that's it. It's done. So like, who who fucking cares? But it's only because you know somebody went out and did the same thing. It- like that's bullshit." You know, this is where they pull me out of the basement. They're all like, oh, we need this guy up here again. (laughs) I come in. I'm all like, it's approved. I think it's fine. It's fine. General population. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let it go. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Go. (laughs) So, um, you know, so now it's kind of tense, right? It's tense. Like their coworkers are like, oh, like, I can't believe they fucked up. And like, everybody's like, oh, you guys fucked up. And the boss is like, this is on you guys. And, you know, how could you do this? And, you know, let me know. It was like, uh, you kind of laid the foundation for us earlier that like everything runs through you. So like, I don't know, whatever. I was like, oh, that's kind of a dick move. But there's tension in the office now. Everybody's nervous that, you know, they might be the next ones to get exposed or something like that. And, uh, well, yeah, especially knowing that you're not supposed to be exposed in the first place. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. So we kind of move towards this scene where Enid is in the office. She's typing up some notes and, you know, she's, you know, her energy is different now because of this whole thing. And, um, the boss Meet- is meeting with this producer named Doug Smart. I, I'll tell you right now. I love this producer. Doug? He, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Is that he looks like every producer you can ever think of. And I'm sorry to say this, Paul. <laughs> the general, uh, Generally, a lot of the producers uh, that are well-known are... They they have that Jew nose, right? They they got that okay. that that big that big. This guy is a perfect example, and he has that demeanor of Weinstein already. So it's mm. just like all, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a very very familiar, a, a very stereotypical producer kind of look yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, dude, all on board. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he, he comes out, <laughs> he comes out of the meeting with the boss, and uh, he stops at Enid's desk, and he's like who is this? You know? So the boss is introducing Enid and this is okay. So this is another, uh, planting of a seed. So Doug, you know, shaking her hand, he's like, you look familiar. Have we met? And she was like, no. He's like, all right, all right, all right. And he's, you know, and then he introduces himself. I'm, you know, um, Doug movie producer, blah, blah, blah. And like, this is where the arrogance, the, the, the what do you um, say i didn't know you have uh things like this that are easy on the eyes or something like that yeah, like he, he, he told he the already... boss uh who's this you've got squirreled away uh, enid bain she's uh one of our senses so this is enid have we met no 
Doug Smart, producer, Ident Investment Films. Fraser, you didn't tell me of such a photogenic team. I tell me this, Enid, if you get bored of banning my films, I'm sure I could get you a job on the big screen. I'm not sure how much I like the idea of being raped and cut into pieces on camera. <laughs> Try to get away with that one nowadays. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Go straight to HR. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know. If you're a producer, you probably just buy your way out of it, right? You're like, Well, I think the excuse there is like I'm always looking for tannin. T talent or whatever but mm. um, yeah you know when, when he learns her name he's like ah this is enid but he knows i mean that's because you know everybody knows that enid and sanderson are the ones who let that movie through and it's all the rage right now and he's Ooh, a producer yeah. of video nasties and so like it's very topical for him right but also he's like oh so you're the one who's like been banning all my films or whatever and he's like yeah that's got to be a real wake-up call for a guy like that right yeah but i thought it was uh funny because like, he was you like, fucking bitch he was like <laughs> you ever want to be in one of my movies and she's like nah i'm not too keen on the idea of like um you know being, being cut race. up and yeah, beaten, <laughs> being cut into pieces uh on camera and then man he doesn't fucking skip a beat and he's like no but i'm sure the public would love it it's okay like, dude, yeah, come on Maybe you could uh, as as uh, because everybody as hates her right producer, now. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Stereotypical fucking producer and shit like that. They, these guys got no censors, and I'm not bashing on any of you producers out there. I'm mean, the actually this is. It's not stereotypical uh, of producers in general. It's actually more stereotypical of like what you would normally see in like Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like playing those roles. Like I said, think Weinstein. Think it's uh, another. Uh, there, there's there's quite a few people yeah, that are, yeah, that yeah. are like this. Yeah. You know, very sleazy kind of guys and stuff like that. They're like, fuck, we put in all the money for this shit. You're just gonna like who we are. Or you don't. You know, right. kind of thing. Yeah. So um, before you know, so the boss is like, all right, whatever. Come on, let me walk you out. And he's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Before I leave, and he tells Enid. You should watch my newest submission from film director Frederick North, I think is his name. He was like, I wonder if he knows Kanye West. <laughs> They're cousins. <laughs> Sorry. Stupid. So he's like, hey, you know, it's in the archives. You can pull it, you know, but you should give it a watch. And the boss is like, dude, it's already on her like agenda. Like, come on, let's go. I'll see you out. So he's like, all right, pulling her. So, you know, he does that whole like, you know, walk away, wink and a smile, like and get you know said some french to her or whatever i was like what a fucking asshole man uh, but he did it really well which is what yeah absolutely it. like i yeah, said yeah. love the guy <laughs> <laughs> okay so from there she and uh the next co-worker go into a room they're gonna watch another movie and this one starts um how did it start so it started off kind of as a silent film but then we find out that it's a frederick north movie which was you know don't, doug don't was just talking church. about frederick north and so she's like oh okay is that uh, what it was called don't go into the church or some shit yeah like yeah yeah that's the name of the movie don't go into the church and it opens... I, I, I think there was a mistake later on in the movie but I'll, I'll get to that moment when we do i just have to remind myself okay. when we get to the part where she's looking at the film reels and shit just remind me okay. of that so they sit down, they start watching this movie, and it's 
An, uh, it opens in the forest with an older blonde girl playing a game with her sister, younger sister, with red hair. Mm -hmm. Remember, she went up to that redheaded woman in the subway station. Way to bring that back, her. Paul. Ooh. Yeah, fuck yeah. Go fuck yeah. We're, we're getting good at this, man. <laughs> fuck yeah, I'll drink to that shit. <laughs> Salute. Salute. Mm. But yeah, you're right. Reminiscent of her going back to that, that you know, the, now now we're kind of uh we're we're kind of in the understanding of what's kind of going on. You're like, oh okay, right. her sister was probably a redhead. Um, and when she saw that redhead in the subway, that's probably what it reminded her of. All right, so things are starting to pick up pace. This is where the this is where this is also where the movie's starting to gain my interest a little bit, right? So, yeah, you can see Enid becoming visibly shaken by what's happening on the film um, mm. because um, the girls are playing a game and then one girl walks into this what looks it's got to be a, you know, it looks like a like a cabin. Um, but I guess it's a church because that's the name of the movie. But it just looks like a cabin. There's no like identifying markers on the outside to make it look like a church. Right. That's all too much irrelevant information. So not necessarily too. But I mean, when you think about it, you're, you're thinking in the middle of the woods, it would be a cabin. So why the fuck is there a church right, right yeah. in the middle of the woods? There's, it doesn't even seem to have a road that leads to it. There is there. <laughs> are you telling me that all there. these church goers are just walking like fucking two miles across <laughs> just fucking like dense woodland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still it, it, it's, it, you know, it's part of the scenery. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. So one girl is walking slowly into the cabin church and then the other girl the other sister is walking behind her and picks up an axe and it's cutting back and forth between the movie and enid and back and forth and we're seeing enid becoming more and more uncomfortable and unsettled and then the girl walks in to the church with an axe and then starts hacking at the sister that walked in there first and enid um, it, I thought it was really cool because um, they show like the hands on the floor and it's all blood, but they did this thing. And um, I don't know if you noticed. So I mentioned that the girl had red hair first, but then like it cuts to a scene of two blonde girls. So I didn't know if yes. what we're watching is the actual movie or is this potentially her, her memory? You know what I mean? Uh, like, and I think and not to sway too me. forward forward on this, but like I, my impression at the time when I did see that, and I, I did notice that too, I I I was also factoring that in. Um, I it, I think it was a way to throw us for a loop, you yeah. know, and 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 or this is what I was thinking at the time was that it was meant to make us feel like. Are we seeing the reality or are we seeing this? This is what was my first indicator that uh, that, the, like you said, the lines of reality are starting to become blurred and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I thought it did a really good job at that. And it, uh, it did. Absolutely. This movie did that, a great job with yeah. that. Yeah. hundred percent. So she gets sick. She runs out and she can't handle it and the dude's trying to talk to her about it and hit on her at the same time i think he was trying to ask her for a date and like did you just not see her like run out of that room and throw up and whatever but like come on dude keep it in your pants 
not only that, like, why would you even question that? Like, okay, I mean, your job is to watch some very dingy type of shit and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, if it's not your gig, you shouldn't even be in there. But I mean, I'm sure they people have done that a thousand times. But also, too, like that. So that's kind of my point, right? Because we just watched her watch this rape scene, like unscathed. She just like sat down and was like, let's go. This is my job. Let's do it. I'm going to write all the notes and that's it. I'm going to be done with it. So it lays the foundation for us that she can hack this shit. But then she watches this one that, you know, triggers some memories for her and she goes off the fucking rails. So like, I don't think it's that like she can't handle it. I think it's just because of the emotions that are stirred up because the similarities are too close in regards to what I'm seeing on film and what really happened to me in real life. And, you know, now that I have this death certificate that says my sister's dead, like it's a, it's a breaking point. I think a lot of um, filler in between, but we get to a point where uh, Enid's kind of at home and she's crashing out and she, we, we uh, get thrust into this um, dream sequence with a girl in the forest staring at that same cabin nighttime she's got something in her hand there's this girl kind of walking through the forest she's calling out for her sister by name sister's name is nina and then um kind of staring at the cabin this is again where a lot of i thought a lot of the cinematography was great because it does these things with the colors and the light um in the forest which i thought kind of added to like the intensity of the scene and then this girl she realizes what she has in her hand and what she has in her hand is like a handful of red hair and a note which is the same note that nina had or enid had wrote when she marked down the name of the movie, uh, don't go into the church, Frederick North. And then um, we kind of cut to um, reality, which is Enid kind of awake in her apartment, um, hearing some noises. But then we, it turns out it's still very much um, her dream. She's still tripping. So um, she's having all these like images and thoughts of like, murder and death and stuff and so we cut to her back at work um in the archives talking to the what do you call a person who runs the archive department the archivist yeah i guess i I never really thought about that yeah bookkeeper but yeah yeah we can call her that so she's in there asking for that frederick north movie and the archivist is like it's gonna take forever at least a week for me to find it so well i no it was it wasn't just that though she wanted to find out what other things he had done uh yeah so that's right yeah so so she wanted to get a list of movies frederick north movies and the lady was all like yeah that's gonna take like a week yeah and she was like (laughs) fine and she leaves um she leaves and she goes to the beloved fucking classic. I miss it so much. She goes to the movie rental store, the video store. What the fuck is that, man? Oh I've never man, heard of I it. Miss that video shit, store? Dude. What? So much yeah. fun, man. Like I, you know, I, believe it or not, I, I thought that too. I was like, oh man, that this is probably like my favorite scene in the movie, just because of what it is. 
Right. Just walking in, like discovering stuff for the first time. You know what I mean? VHS is all over the place. It's, 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 it sucks that like, I don't know. Maybe this is just the old man in me, but like there, there's still some, some of those places. They don't have uh, very few and far between, but they don't have, they don't have the same experiences that we did when we were kids of like, the anticipation of a, a movie coming out, right? Like you remember uh, the good old be in the video store, and you know, in two months, and then like having the good old-fashioned video- back room with the curtains and shit. Yeah, yeah, those are like those. Not <laughs> that's not where- a blockbuster, but uh, like you know, you're like <laughs> yeah, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, uh, this wasn't like a big like play. This was like your corner liquor <laughs> store, but for videos and shit like that. You know, they give it to you in a brown paper bag. You just walk out with it, like tucked right. under your arm, like it's a newspaper. Not that I know. <laughs> yeah well, i've never heard of this what are you talking about but like the idea of like you know going you know calling the movie store and be like hey do you guys have this copy in yet they're like no we're expecting it tonight somebody's gonna return it tonight it's like all right and then like going down there and like watching people return their movies to see if that's the one because like you want to rent it and taking it home and and what you know watching it with your homies and shit like everything is just so on demand that it, it there's no there's nothing special about it, you know. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's a whole. That's a whole other subject for another. Time. No video. Video. Oh, God damn, they were so cool. You know, my it's... uncle used to work at one by by my grandma's house, and I used to have the coolest posters growing up, man. Like those old, those old like white bordered ones and stuff. They weren't just like you know clean cut. They were just like they had the white border. I had posters of the gate i had posters of hellraiser 3 i had you know i used to have posters of like horror films all around my room and shit and they would just rotate you know they would you know yeah and he 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 still admit he's a teacher now and he still admits that was his favorite job to ever work at (laughs) nice yeah i always wanted a job at the video store oh yeah there you know it always smelled a certain way too yeah like tape like yeah yeah i mean maybe like yeah yeah yeah, tape yeah 100%. right yeah be kind rewind <laughs> there you go <laughs> remember they they so so like if you if you brought back a movie you read it and you didn't fucking rewind it it was always like a like a no thing you, you don't you just don't do that man yeah you know fucking yeah. or they'll charge you 50 cents to rewind it yeah i was like, gonna really? say so it got to the point where they were charging people like <laughs> fucking didn't do it they're like on, well, now we gotta spend our time rewinding these because yeah. no one wants to take a video home and then have to rewind it before they watch it. Now it's going to kind of ruin it for them. Like, oh, we got to wait 30, 30 seconds. <laughs> Dude, the number of times in my life I've been asked, did you rewind it? Like, yeah, I know. So dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, see to me, it was always common to rewind sense. It before you take it back. And to me, it was always common sense. It's like, you know, but remember this too. A lot of people didn't even want to use their own VCRs to rewind because I guess it kind of wore down the heads a little bit. So then you actually had these little things that were just rewinders. Yeah, yeah. Those? yeah. My grandma had that's what they would use baseball. in the movie stores. So it's like you're really yeah. gonna charge me fifty cents or a dollar just because you're gonna stick it in that thing and it's gonna rewind in like ten seconds. Like, come on. The reality is that's fifty cents and a dollar just because you're a dick. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what it it's is. the asshole tax it's it's yeah it's a dick charge for asshole tax 
Okay. Oh, the good old days. So, so Enid walks into this movie store. It's late night, and you know she's digging through all the the videos, and it's all like family friendly, lovey dovey bullshit. And she notices this like punk rocker chick walks in, returns the tape, and the guy's like talking to her all secret. And he's like, "Hey, what's a good one?" Huh? And she's like, "Yeah, I really liked it." Ah, uh, enjoy. Yeah, proper gore. It's good, isn't it? See you next time. Cheers, Gerald. So. You know, she uh, Enid notices that like she's returning a video nasty, right? And so when she the lady leaves, she walks something up something that dude. we don't speak of. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, I noticed that." Uh, you well, know, before that though, did you see the tape that she picked up? Uh, the one that had the family on it with the rainbows and shit. Yeah, that's a big clue. Remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, good call. Yeah, it's out. a big thing. Uh, there, there's a reason for that. I, and trust me when I say. <laughs> I saw that shit a mile away, but anyways, go on. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, what was it? It was like, it, it was called uh, the best day or it was like the day the planet went good or it was a direct homage yeah, to the it. opposite of what we're, you know, we would think. Are you're you pulling me, it up? Yeah. You're going to make me find it. Damn it. Oh, there it was. The day the world began, and it's a a picture oh, of a man world. and a woman and their two daughters standing in front of their house in like the front yard, surrounded by flowers, and then it's got a big fucking rainbow right over the house, and everything looks like uh, happy go lucky. Mm-hmm. Almost reminiscent, if you guys are familiar with the. Uh... The, the the group Soundgarden almost uh, familiar of uh, uh, reminiscent of uh, uh, black, black hole, hole sun, sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah before before all the black hole elements started yeah, to yeah, start yeah. tainting yeah, everything it was call. like that it's like perfect perfect American well not really American British uh, family uh, portrait you know like beautiful grass beautiful skyline you got the rainbow over the house and the happy family waving nothing wrong with that at all yeah so she goes to the counter and she's like hey i noticed what that girl returned like what up with it and he's like i thought that one was banned um i don't know what you mean maybe you can help me i was looking for some of the more unusual frederick north films i've seen um don't go in the church. Huh? Perhaps maybe you might have something else of his under the counter. What are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what, you're, what you mean. She's like, dude, um, cut the bullshit. I know what the movie was. I saw I it. She's like, I'm looking before? for Frederick North uh, movies, this and that or whatever. And he's like trying to play coy. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. She's like, I'm not the movie police, dude. Like, like I'm just looking for the good shit. So she starts dropping like movie titles. Like she's like, I know my shit. My and especially this one movie where this good. one scene and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. Uh, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> just I love when anything. they say they're that. Because like every time they say that, they know they're backed into a corner. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, fuck. Our equivalent to ah, fuck. Uh, you know, like it's pretty much it. Yeah. So he slips her this uh, Frederick North movie. She takes it home. And I got to say, too, while she's at the counter, like this whole scene, she's coming in from like the rain. But like 
the way that her hair is kind of draped over her face and like the expressions on her face, you can start to see like stress, anxiety, like some kind of breaking down of Enid is beginning. It's not fully there, but you can, her demeanor is different in this. I noticed uh, another physically, uh, uh, physically changed trait of hers as well. We're used to her with those glasses on. They had like the chain on the arms and stuff like that. Like you would, you, you, like you would view like an old librarian kind of look, right? Right. Um. Well, she didn't have those glasses. She didn't have that chain on anymore, which is a, kind of like an object of her character that we've seen since the beginning. So, like you said, the, the distress look, and then I, for me, it was like the uh, the suddenly sudden disappearance of. Her using her glasses and stuff. Right. So, yeah, 100%. Hey, all this, that stuff matters in these kind of movies, you know, because they are, you know, visually telling you something. So, so Enid's at home. She's watching this movie, and immediately there's this old, like, a woman on the screen about her age, right? Who's got red hair, who looks almost like Enid. And Enid is like, what the fuck? Like, I, like, she's like drawn into this. This actress, um, the actress's name is uh, Alice Lee. Um, so she's watching this movie. And, and isn't there something about the Beast Man or some shit like that? Well, we didn't or mention that... that in the movie. Um, Don't go into the church when she's watching it in the um, in the room. That um, at the end of the scene of her like of the one girl hacking up her sister, the the girl walks out with the axe and then behind her is this beast man right this dude with like a beastly face and then, he looks like the undertaker without the muscles uh yeah i would go more kane without the mask but i'm down with that nick foley mick? no no that's mankind wait wait oh yeah no he's not the same wait wait so is so mick foley had had a bunch of uh he had a b- bunch of personalities. Dude so. Love, had... Cactus Jack, Mick Foley himself, Mankind. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kane was not one of them. No, Kane was Undertaker's brother. That's right. The red okay. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Beastman is in that clip of that movie. And then when she goes to the movie store, there's a poster of uh, a Dano's going to kick me in the balls for that, by the way. <laughs> Shout out, Dano. There's a poster of the Beastman movie. These kids are walking out of there like, yeah, Beastman, this movie's going to be great. So Beastman is a thing that we're kind of starting to see surface or bubble up through the movie. So she takes this movie home. She's watching it. She sees this, this actress in it. It's like, you know, red hair, green eyes. And like, she's just like all into it. And we get the impression that, that she believes that this is her sister. So, she goes to meet with her parents and she's having dinner with them. And she's like, I think I found my sister. I think the scene does a really good job at like kind of, you know, accelerating the fact that like Enid is starting to like lose it. And she's grasping at straws, you know, kind of both things happening at the same time. And it cuts to her sleeping in her house with um you know i think it's like the tv was static but the impression is that she fell asleep watching this movie that she took from the video store called it's called asunder and now we're in another dream sequence and it's her as a kid walking through the forest and it's nighttime and it's that same cabin 
same area. And then this girl in front of her, younger with red hair, walks up to the cabin doors. And when she turns around, it's the older woman, the Alice Lee um, actress. And she's like mistaking her for her sister, Nina. And she's watching her walk into this cabin. And there's the beast man standing at the doorway. Right. And Alice um, walks up the stairs to the doorway. The beast man takes her into the room and then Enid or the younger version of Enid like runs up to the door. And I think that's just kind of where it ends there. Like it cuts to like this really bright white light. And then we transition to Enid kind of walking through the offices um, at work, but more in like a like a like a trance almost like a zombified, like just kind of she's just out of it at this point. Yeah, you know? very lost at this point. But she walks into the archives. This is where she's going through all of the reels of film. And this is the part. The, the canisters. Yeah. This is the part that you wanted me to remind you about something. From yes. That scene with and, and I know exactly what it is. Thank you for, for doing that. And then I was, all, I was actually kind of ready for it too. So that's good. Good memory here. Even though I'm, I don't know, fucking it's all four the shots Daniels. in. <laughs> yeah. It helps the memory. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen, kids? Remember, keep drinking. <laughs> It'll jog your memory. No, so, uh, yeah, she's she's looking through the canisters. And I happen to notice this, but maybe I'm wrong. And maybe I read it wrong. Or maybe not. Or maybe it was just kind of like... I, I I don't know they, multiple different things, but may I, I personally what I thought was that there was a general mistake, but it, I guess it could be taken either way. When she's looking at the canister, the canister's title reads "Cabin in the Woods" or "Don't Go into the Cabin," is what it said. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I swear to God, that's how I read it. I got it right here in front of me. Hold on. Nope, it says "Don't Go into the Church." Oh fuck! Don't go in the church. Hold Never on. mind. Jack Daniels doesn't Don't work go at in all. The church. <laughs> Jack Daniels ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I don't know. See, can, can I, just like you said, I'm I'm thinking cabin, right? Like it looks like a cabin. Doesn't even look like a church. Maybe somehow my visual perspective made those letterings look like cabin to me, but. Mm. Uh, I also did watch it on my phone, which ah, yeah, there you go. You know, I get you. So just what I read. She's in there. She writes down. Um, she sees the address of the uh, of somebody, and she writes it down, and she leaves and on her hand. On yeah, her hand. I mean, well, come on, old school. You can't. I mean, who well, uses? You can't just anymore. grab a piece of paper. You know, like well, she's in there know? by secret. Like she's not trying not to get caught. And I think, uh, you know, she wanted to get out of there. As yeah, as but if you do get caught, you got the evidence right there on your hand. As opposed I to mean, like having a piece of paper on you. Like I can always like not open my hand. Okay, you know? yeah, like, but they're not going to search you in the archives department. They're going to be like, hey, empty your pockets. They're going to be like, get the fuck out of here, right? And like, what's what say you got written on your hand? What the fuck? Information that you shouldn't have? Oh God. <laughs> I guess I, deep fail right there. Come on, <laughs> lady, you got you, you. You showed your intelligence thus far. Don't fuck it up now. So Anyways, go on. She um leaves, 
And I'm gonna geek out for a second because there's this scene. So she's walk, she's leaving. Geek the out, room. freak out. She's <laughs> she's leaving the room, and the camera's behind her. Party boy. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> all right, sorry. <laughs> Either get naked and do it all the way or don't do it at all. <laughs> Come on, Matt. So uh, oh, anyway, God. she's walking away and the camera's following her. And it, 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 the, it it's a it's a hard edit from watching her walk away in this, you know, dark room where it's all red to what following her um, in the streets. I don't know. I just thought from an editing perspective, I was like, oh, that was pretty fucking dope. She ends yeah, up. You're all about those transitions and shit. Yeah, 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 nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's actually really good. It, it, it actually takes a good uh, visual I, uh, like idea, a good visual artist to 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 make clean transitions. And yeah. I, I've been noticing them more lately, too. Like, uh, you know, who was really good about that back in the days was George Lucas. You mm. know that? Mm. Maybe. You have to rewatch like Star Wars episode. Yeah, maybe four. I'm just I've seen so many of them all the time. But even uh, the, 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 for example, uh, like uh, and I still remember this too that the movie The Ring, um, they had kind of a good visual uh, and not transition. I, I just uh, a good camera angle was when the guy was like looking through the files and shit like that, and then you had the camera as if it was in that file cabinet and stuff, and I mm. thought that was kind of cool. Even back then, back when I first saw The Ring, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool shot. Yeah. Anyway. So she <laughs> ends up at Doug Smart's house, and he opens the door, and the very first thing we see is this huge poster of Beast Man, and I thought it was funny because the, the, you see like his face, and then right under that, you see like the tagline for the movie, and it said, "You're probably going to die" or something like that. And I was like, "Are you I like? Are you telling me what's about to happen?" I or, didn't even. Yeah, I, I know. I only I didn't I only even put that. Right no, no, but got, that's good though. Like right I didn't even put that together. So like, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I just like how he opened the door in a very, in a very douchey looking bathroom. <laughs> yeah. With, with a fucking crowbar in hand. Yeah. <laughs> But here she is, you know, kind of, um, again, looking a little distraught. And he's like, oh, I'm about to get laid. So he brings well, her also, in. Also, he's all like, oh, yeah, sorry about the weapon. You know, crazy, you know, like people. Or whatever. Well, basically, he, he's trying to say he's got a bunch of haters and shit that don't like his films and shit like that. Oh, and, you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So he's got to protect himself with a crowbar. I mean, you're a producer. You probably have every kind of gun known to man. <laughs> So, uh, so he brings I, her yeah. in the house and they're walking through and she notices that 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 rape scene from that movie that her and the other girl watched was shot in his house. Like the scene is still set up like desk backdrop, the whole nine or whatever. And he brings oh, her yeah, into he called like, it out, too. He's like keen observation. Yeah. He brings her into the trophy room, right, where he's got like all his like, um, I don't know, it looks like a trophy room, but they're just hanging out. He pours her a drink and she he shows her that she axe trophy. She sees like pictures of Alice Lee in there, so like she feels like she's on the right track. You know, she wants to get information about this Alice Lee chick. And now again, here we are, right? She thinks Alice Lee is her sister, who was in this Frederick North movie produced by Doug Smart. And then he, when he met Enid in the office, was like, "Hey, you look familiar." 
do I know you? She's like, nope, we've never met. Yeah, and while she's visiting there, she says, uh, like, I, you know, she, I look a lot like a, the girl in the picture, right? And he's all like, I thought you looked familiar. Right. Like, I guess he didn't, he didn't even put it together until, like, she brought it up, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then why don't you take off that wet jacket? Yeah. <laughs> it's been raining outside. Yeah, so again, that's the reason why we see her hair kind of in that off, way draped over her Officer Officer some scotch? Yeah, they had a drink. I was like, oh, well, I, and I, I find that important because if you notice that spot too, when, when they're when they're continuing to talk, and she hasn't drinking like she hasn't drank any of it yet, and he's all like, "Are you enjoying that scotch I gave you?" Like he's like, pretty much like, "Hey, come on, drink up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so she, she's trying to talk to him about this Alice Lee chick, and he's just trying to get laid. And he ends up like forcing himself on her, and she ends up pushing him off. Power bombs him, dude. Yeah, and like he falls backwards, like, tackles him straight to the fucking coffee table. This was a dope. This was a dope kill scene because he this is what I talked backwards. about earlier. I don't mean to cut you off again. I'm sorry. This is what I talked about earlier, audience. This was 50 minutes into the movie. Yeah. First technical kill scene, technically kill scene. <laughs> and he falls back and the tro that axe trophy that you were talking about is like somebody mm -hmm. holding an axe, right? He falls backwards and the back of his head hits the trophy and the trophy goes through the back of his head and up through his mouth. And so he's like choking on his own blood while he's got this trophy sticking out of his face. And then like... They pan out and over him, and he's like pissing himself, and then he's just like, she's got blood on her. I thought it was a dope uh, way to die. and But then also, more importantly, they're showing her. You just see it in her face, man. She is starting to tear down big time. And she's looking at this whole scene of, like, she's not even all that mortified. I think she's just, like, there's a level of, like, content of, like, okay, cool. I'm glad that was done, you know? I like the shamelessness in this scene completely because, I mean... I mean, and and I'll give it to like uh, any like uh, British uh, film uh, people like they they uh they don't stray far from degrading certain individuals. Like you said, pissed himself and stuff like that. I mean, you you notice that in a lot of these British films and stuff like that, you find find them in very de degrading, depraved uh, situations and stuff. And for example, I mean, he's hitting on, uh, I always want to call her Ingrid, but her name is uh, Enid. Sorry. E Enid. Sorry. Um, but again, and he's hitting on her, but she does not look the best she ever did in this film either. Right. She's like all sweaty. She looked like she hadn't showered in a 
couple days. Right? <laughs> it's just like, God, this guy's got no fucking shame. He's yeah. just going straight for the target. Yeah. But uh, yeah, died justifiably and, uh, you know, deserved every moment of it. So then we move on. So she goes home, showers it off, and then she comes back to work, but like intentfully, right? She's like running through the office and she's trying to she ends up in the archive office again and she pulls the file and the archivist is trying to fight her over it but she took it anyways and as she's leaving the office you can hear the co-workers talking about how the news is saying that the amnesiac killer didn't even watch that movie that they had passed so like I didn't even catch that. Good yeah. Job. So all, so like it was like all of it was for nothing because this guy doesn't even know what that movie is. But as That's she walks fucked. out, yeah, I, I, know. I know. I did not even <laughs> notice that. All right. As she walked out, she's met by all these cameras and like press people. And she's just like on a mission, right? She fucking leaves. Um, she gets in her car and she drives. I think what she found in that file was like the address of where that cabin is. Right. Um, because the next scene is her pulling up to the cabin. We are now officially, um, at the, uh, it's not the cabin per se. Sorry. She pulls up and it's a trailer, a trailer out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And, uh, did we disclose that they're shooting uh, a sequel to that movie she was watching, right? Um, is that what, um, I don't think she knew that until, Oh, no, 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 that's right. Because the director had said before he died or the producer had said that they were shooting the sequel or whatever. So that's what she found. She went and found the file. Because she was telling her that that actress, that this is this is her her last film. Her shelf life has expired. Right. Right. Just like a douchebag would say. Right. Component. (laughs) She's starting to lose a little bit. You know, she's getting old. Well, fuck her. (laughs) The last movie she's going to be in. So she finds the address of where they're shooting and she's pu- that's what she's pulling up to. And it's in the fucking woods. It's just a trailer out in the middle of nowhere. And um, this woman comes out and she's kind of got given her the once over, like looking her up and down. Like, OK, like I I get it, like almost like typical. You fit the type. I understand why you're here. And she's like, hey, I'm I'm Debbie. I'm the makeup artist. And Enid is like uh okay and uh the impression is that debbie thinks that enid is here to be in the movie so debbie's like i'll I'll be the one doing your makeup or whatever and she's like come on um they're out shooting the scene i'm gonna get you ready come inside you know let's get you prepped and um she brings her inside and she knows change she's putting her into costume she's doing her hair she's doing her makeup um but then there's that a, one dude comes knocking on the door saying, Hey, we gotta get going. The producer hasn't even showed up yet. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Hey, is the sister in there? And this is where like Enid is like she's just like letting all of this stuff happen. Um, so this guy comes and gets her and they take her out to the woods and they like throw some fake blood on her and stuff. And you know, they're kind of prepping her for the scene. And out of nowhere, they're just like Okay. Action. Personally, I I didn't even know if, if they were shooting or not. She was just walking through the woods. No, she I think saw I, that area of lighting, right? Sorry, she you're saw right. the area of lighting and she's walking towards it. And that's when the spooky director is just sitting there in the dark and shit like that. He's like, Well, 
Yeah. The the makeup artist was like painting her with blood, like literally like throwing it on her with a paintbrush, like splattering it on her. And then she's like, okay, you're ready. And then she turns around and walks off into the woods towards the light. There's Which I was under there. the impression she was already being filmed too, but I didn't, you know, like I was like, well, maybe, maybe not. It wasn't until she walked to that, that area of lighting where I realized, oh, that's where she's supposed to start, I guess. Right. Um, And then the makeup artist uh, was taking pictures of her Polaroids as well. And then. um, Oh, yeah. Before she left. She yeah. started asking Sorry. her about Alice Lee, too. And um, I, it's worth noting the framing of the movie changes. So we we have this. Um, uh, I won't get into the technical part of it, but like we we go from like seeing the the movie in an actual like movie frame, right? What we've been watching this whole time, to this smaller like square letterbox framing insinuating that now we're in the movie right it's differentiating between what we've been watching and what she's been watching and so now she is in it's, this movie the, the framing of it changes it, it kind of like that um oh god remember that movie behind the mask i do so it was kind of like that, right? It went different in a way, but like it went from like documentary style. But when it came to down to um, him as like uh, Vernon, something Vernon, the Leslie Vernon, yep. the killer, yep. uh, it went into full movie mode, right? Like it went into full, like, you know, yeah. like as if you were in the movie. So it, it was reminiscent of that. I like when they make transitions like that, by the way. So she is um, confronted by the director who comes out of nowhere like a fucking creeper. And he's like trying to get emotion out of her and he's trying to like pull it out of her thinking that, you know, she's just the person in this role and we're, you know, we're shooting right now and she's trying to figure out what's happening. And she starts talking about her sister, but her real sister, right? She's like, Hey, I want to see my sister. So there's this back and forth of like, he's trying to direct her, and she's trying to figure out where her sister is. But like, she's just like her eyes, man. She just looks fucking gone. She looks like a space case. Like she's just emotionally and physically drained. And like the light is starting to go out behind her eyes. It's it's crazy. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, you, you, exactly. you act like your life has been turned around by watching horrible movies and shit like that. And totally change your perspective on life. But also, oh, like, wait, that did happen. <laughs> but also, <laughs> no, like, kidding. desperate to, like, you know, find her sister and, like, you know, um, prove her parents wrong and things like that. So, you know, the, the director's trying to, like, still work with her in the sense that he thinks that he's directing this actress when, in fact, she's just here to find her sister. She's not really understanding what's happening, but kind of going with it at the same time too. So the reality so do you think, for her do you think, is being distorted in her own brain. And I think we physically right. see that in her face. And true. In the way but, she looks. but, but, but like, let's say if we were to put ourselves in the director's point of view, do you think he was just seeing that as her being methodical or like, maybe, you know, like he was just like, Oh no, you know, like fucking this chick's not getting it. So, you know, like, I think, well, there's a level of like him yelling at her, asking her to like f tap into some emotions or like he's putting her in a position to have to like get there. But she was already like she was already kind of there. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just like fanning the flame, if you will. 
So then it, it cuts like to it cuts good, to good her, statement. Thanks. It cuts to her like showing up to the cabin, right? And then like she picks up an axe and she's walking into this fucking cabin that we saw in the movie. And she walks in and she's confronted by who? The beast man. The beast man. Rawr. The beast man. I'm the beast man. <laughs> but it's this big burly dude. It is the beast man. And he's like, you know, comforting her. And she's trying to figure out like, you Kinda know. Kind of reminds me of that. That dude, uh, that, that, that Marvel dude that they just did a, a movie about. Lobo? No. Not Lobo. What'd you call me? That vampire. Oh, Morbius. Kind of looks like Morbius. You know, he's got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The long hair, the eyeliner and shit like yeah, that. And he's you. not very muscular, but he, he does have that burly man sense. And he's got those wicked, nasty nails, by the way. Yeah. That's probably why he's a beast man, but, you know. Beast man. Beast man. So he's, like, holding on to her and, like, you know, like, I'm so glad you're here. He's, like, confessing love to her. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, come on, let's get this over with. And he's all embracing her, like holding her. Yeah. Which is funny because when you see the, the demeanor of this guy, you're just like, seems kind of off. You know, I guess he's just like all like, oh, heartfelt and like holding on to her. Like, oh, you've come, blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know. So he walks away and he walks over and we're not really seeing where he's going, but she's. We're watching her and there's these flashes of film grain going back and forth that lets us know that like she snapped out of movie mode and is now in like real life mode or maybe well, like a Rusa. mix of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. OK, but I think and I like that, by the way, I think she realizes what was happening because she was like, no, like she shouted. No, like I think she knew that this is real. So she grabs the axe and turns around to kill the beast man but at the same time he's pulling this girl from out of the corner by her the hair. girl that she's looking for and that it's looks Alice like her Lee. sister yeah, yeah. He's like, she's like oh my god it's my sister so he's like come on kill her kill her or whatever and so she ends up like killing him right hitting him with she's the lunging axe. at him with the axe and he's all like we're right before he's like oh wait this is in script <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this is nothing to script So she no, wait, him, stop. She hits him right <laughs> in the chest, right? There's this big gaping gash right in the middle of his chest. And he falls backwards and his head falls into a TV screen. And she's watching this chest. And it was weird because it opens up and there's like this face like popping through it. And it, it starts talking to her. It's like she's not she's not crazy at all right i know so she's all freaked out so she starts just fucking you know going to town to, on him with the axe and then it it does that thing where the film grain kicks in and it switches and then the framing of the movie goes from that small letterbox back to full frame now we're back in the reality of the movie that we've been watching and not stuck in the movie reality that she's made up for herself in her head yeah the um like you said, the transitions and stuff there are kind of separated by a static look, like almost uh, 
if you recall, like back in the days, bad tracking or something like that from a VHS and stuff, you know, like, yeah. or like if the tape has been warped or like, you know, whatever the case, bolted, broken in some cases, which, you know, kind of uh, interrupts the visual. Uh, it it, it kind of does that transition in between those static changes, right. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it was it was pretty dope. Again, I, I love the way that they did it. So now this is where I'm talking about. Hold on. This is where I was talking about. This is uh, right around this point is when the movie actually really started piquing my interest. Yeah. So and the music the blood, was good too, guts, and everything. Yeah, the intensity picks up. And mm. so uh, we're snapped back to reality. And the, 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 the people on the set are like throwing up. They can't. Uh, stomach what just happened because she for real life just murdered the fuck out of this dude and everyone's tripping and she ends up the the, the um frederick north walks in the director and he's like what the fuck is happening in here and she like literally cuts his head off with the axe and then that alice lee chick takes off starts running through the woods and uh, he is like chasing her and shit and he's like she's like come here i came to rescue you and blah 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 she finally catches up with her and is like, you're my sister. And Alice Lee's like, no, the fuck I'm not. Like, I, I have a sister and you're not her and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, no, you you have to be my sister. Like, uh, kind of surmising all the shit that I've gone through and I have done to get to this point with you. You have to be my sister because if you're not, then I'm the crazy one and I'm a murderer and I just fucking, you know, I'm losing my mind and, like, you have please please you have to be my sister and she's like nope sorry and then for the next few minutes we, we why are you laughing <laughs> because it's funny the, the way it's delivered is exactly as you're explaining it and it's so funny because that <laughs> it maybe it's the drinking but like dude like that that part where she Here's that fucking rock. Is it a rock? She's like, just kind of like leaning on the rock. Like yeah, saying, no, yeah. no, no, this can't be. This yeah. can't be. And she's just crying. And she's just like laying on this rock. Like, just like. I love, I love how so comical you feel uh, about a woman longing for her long lost sister who she may or may not have murdered. <laughs> So this is where the movie captivated me most. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is where it actually hit it. Like I was just like, all right, all right. You know, okay, go on. What else so, happened? So at this point, um, you know, there's just um, a lot of back and forth in between her mental status of like what's happening on film and what she's imagining in her head. Right. And so, she feels like she's um, rescuing her sister who is like embracing the fact that she's being rescued and they're running away together. But then like you get these glitches of like reality where like the sister, the Alice Lee chick is being tortured. They Not leave. all is what it appears to be yeah, like yeah. all the smiles, <laughs> all the, for, for example, like the smiles for a second get shifted away to like gasps and like, yeah. So and, we're seeing the both or the both perspectives and shit. Yeah. Basically what, I mean, we, we figured it out by now we're seeing, um, her perspective, bit, um, uh, and, and opposite to that, what's really happening. 
But this is where that video that she saw at the video store comes in. The well, whole yeah, happy because they're lucky. So they're in the car. Rainbow they're driving away. Yeah, so they're driving away from mm-hmm. the forest. And it's doing those cutscenes of back and forth of like horror and, rea- and fake and horror and fake, whatever. And, you know, there's a big rainbow over the sky now. And they pull up to the house. Her parents' Happy music. Her parents Strange are outside, music. like, waving to them. And she's feeling all good that she delivered. It is the exact fucking cover of that movie. Like, same house, same uh, garden, all of it. White picket fence kind of shit, yeah. And so we see it all very, like, colorful and vibrant and happy and... You know, it's just like so warming to the heart. But then it does these glitches where like the parents are, you know, instead of, you know, they're at the house, like holding each other and like, oh, my gosh, we're so happy. But then it glitches to like they're mortified and they're screaming and yelling and it's dark and it's night. And um, it's just it just does that back and forth. And Alice Lee runs over to the parents and they're like walking you know they're hugging her as she comes in but in reality they're like oh my god are you okay like what's who are you like what's happening yeah i thought it was really good and then uh, yeah she totally lost grip of reality okay so and and, and I, i'm gonna go ahead and say this okay so and, and actually you know uh uh discussing this, this is probably like the point of the podcast but, but discussing this has actually altered my perspective on the movie a little bit because when I did come into it, yes, I mean, okay, here's here's what I thought. I thought the movie was was a bit dragged out, and I was just like, I knew what this movie was doing, but I was like, okay, this is kind of dragging it out too much. Uh, I I felt like it could have been condensed a little bit. Um, I was thoroughly entertained with the last ten minutes of the movie or so. I, um and 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 the re- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash it for that for reasons um, uh, because I haven't not seen this before I haven't not seen a movie where I didn't like at the beginning but then when it came to the end and it was all wrapped up I was like okay that was worth it and shit and I think this is one of those movies that kind of did that um we call those slow burns very slow but, but even then like that's just uh, even then even with for me when i say something is a slow burn it's because it's the way that you're described well i guess the way you're describing it i would i would reference as a slow burn that it just took too long to get to where it needed to be but i mean also there's like an underlying of like um you know it's good i don't know for me like it it ramps up it's because it ramps up it is because building it's a, up. It's yeah. a, it's a, um, it is a, evol- or a, um, it's a breakdown of this woman's mental faculties over time. So the no, more, you're right. Uh, you were going to say they the, become the degraded. The and even even the my pers- up. even my my point of view of this movie had been completely evolved. So I guess it played along with the structure mm-hmm. of it. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this now. I I didn't exactly dislike this movie at all in fact i didn't hate it in any way uh i thought it was actually a very well done movie i i think it i think it was a good pick for sure yeah um also and might i add i i did love the closing 
like once everything was all said and done it was at its craziest and it was doing those transitions like you said from reality to like her all like well she's she's now a fucking complete loony bin she's probably stuck in that rainbow world somewhere but i like the closing when it went to <laughs> straight to the the videotape ejecting from the vcr yeah so what happens with is the title <laughs> the last the last shot of the movie is uh enid looking at us right kind of breaking that fourth wall um all bloody in her imaginative state where it's all nice and pretty in the background and the parents are waving and you know uh, alice is like uh you know uh, just kind of reunited with her parents and then it does the video glitches like the tracking that we were talking about mm-hmm. and then static and then you see the movie pop out of the vcr and it's just got the label of the of the movie title right there sensor and then that's it I was like, that, yeah. that was dope. Yeah. I, it was I, a good closing. Yeah. See, I, I, I love these kind of endings on these movies for sure. Ended on a high note. I, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's kind of like when you're watching like a fairy tale, you expect like happy, happily ever after kind of thing. Well, with these kind of movies, with, with horror movies in general and shit, you, you, you kind of expect the opposite, right? <laughs> it's just like, all right. But make sure they ended it in a good way. It's actually very strange to see a happy ending with a, with a, with, well, uh, movies of this type, you know, like it's very strange. Kind of like when we watched House, right? Like House had a happy ending where it's kind of like, dude, speaking of House, um, did you see that Richard Mole died? I did not know. Yeah, he died on Thursday. I I posted something on uh, Instagram. Um, but yeah, dude, bummer. It is a bummer. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, all in all, man, good pick, dude. Yeah, like, I like uh, I, uh, when I, again, when I first watched it t- 10, 20 minutes into it, I was like, what the fuck are you making me watch, man? I think, like I, the, I don't know. I, mm, I, I always feel like it depends on where you're at in your day and what you're doing and how you're watching it. Right. So like. If you're trying to make time for it and you got to watch it on your phone, you're like, come on, dude, pick it up. Like, grab my interest, right? But, like, for me, I watched it on a Saturday morning at, like, 6 a.m. on my iPad with my coffee and my headphones and, like, nobody was uh, awake. Like, I was just doing my own thing and I was in the zone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And you're right about that. I I had a lot of other things I had to take care of throughout the day and stuff like that. So I, I was probably coming into it like, all right, let me, let me get this, get through this movie real quick so that I, I have something to go on for tomorrow yeah. morning and shit. Yeah. And you know, it, it worked out just fine. Gotcha. Uh, I, again, as even as I talked about this with you, uh, my, my feelings for the film changed quite a bit because I did like the, well, like I said, the, the last few minutes kind of turned turn the whole thing around for me gotcha um if if you guys aren't familiar with a movie called mandy i i feel like that they, they kind of went along with those guidelines except uh, mandy to me was gripping throughout mm. but that, that's that's subject opinion and stuff yeah. that's if you like that obscure kind of horror gotcha. and stuff like that but because remember mandy uh, mandy kind of did that where it was just you know like the whole movie went by and then the last few minutes then they put the title card and then the movies like you know epic revenge scenario and shit <laughs> like that was all cramped up in the last 20 minutes 
and I liked it about that movie. I, I think that this kind of did the same thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm okay with that. Like, as long as you 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 rebound it in some way at the end to to make it enjoyable by the end sequence and stuff, it to me was worth the extra fifty some odd minutes that I put into yeah. it. That I was just like, mm. yeah, you know. So, kudos. I I think the movie was made that way on purpose, and I think they did a good job. Um, I mean, it kind of puts you into the the world of censorship. Too, yeah, in a way. 100%. I mean, her life in in some kind of strange way was censored. You know, so. Hmm. Good perspective. Yeah, uh, from an artistic point of view. Yeah, not bad. Good pick. All right, dude. Um, Till the next time. Till the next time. All right, man. Peace out, everybody. You guys have a good night. Thank you for listening. We love you all. <laughs>